0: On today's episode of Locked On Spartans, we've got some recruiting news to talk about. Back. And then we will play everyone's favorite game, Take or Fake.
1: You are Locked On Spartans, your daily podcast on the Michigan State Spartans. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.
0: Hello and welcome back. Another episode of Locked on Spartan. It is Tuesday, November 10th. The year is 2020. I'm your host, Will Hunter, joined by my just sick and tired of ESPN's recruiting rankings co host, Matt Sheehan. <laughs> I, I haven't even checked those uh, the, the entire
1: day, <laughs> so I, I can't wait to see where uh, we're going to go with this. Fan. Fantastic! ESPN recruiting rankings, perfect. No, uh, well, uh, quite quite the day for yeah. uh, MSU fans Busy here. day, uh, kind of, yeah, a little bit. Uh, hope Tom Izzo, I'm sure he's mm-hmm. a listener of the podcast. I'm yes. sure he's doing he okay. Um, I, I I'm I hope he's doing okay. Uh, prayers up for a speedy recovery to him. But um, wow, yeah, that was uh, only the tip of the
0: iceberg of today. Will. Yeah, it was a bit of an emotional. Up and down day for MSU fans. Recruiting news, yay! Tom Izzo, boo. Recruiting news, yay! <laughs> uh, Iowa football, thirty
1: positive. Iowa, t- oh, no, that's I'm right. Iowa's Iowa athletic department, not yes, the football team. Yes, athletic yes. department, thirty very positive very tests between student athletes and coaches. But still, ah, how many of those are football? Ah,
0: very important we'll distinction. See. Very important distinction. And we should say that it was last week the tests were.
1: Ah, uh, okay. See, I mm, okay.
0: Yes. Never mind. Take, testing is from said. the week.
1: See, that's all about the roller coaster. I didn't know that before you said that.
0: Hey, all right. We're back at the upside of the roller coaster. All right. <laughs> now I'm scared that I just gave out bad information because sometimes, you know how you're like, I know this is oh, to sure. be true, and then you say it on a podcast, and you're like, ugh, <laughs> I should probably, I, I feel, I, I'm wrong. Everything's wrong. Everything's terrible. Um, so I'll look that up just to make sure uh, because okay. I pr- it was last week, the testing. But all right. yeah, up and down day for sure. Uh da, da 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 tested between November second and November eighth. So there you go. I don't even know what day it is today, so the ninth cool. as we record. Ah, okay. Alright, so there you go. nice. Sweet. Yeah. Okay. So yeah. Interesting up and down day. We're gonna talk about some recruiting stuff off the jump here, and then we're going to talk about Michigan State football, the loss to Iowa, moving forward, whatever. We're going to try to moving forward. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> <laughs> That's just kind of how I feel about it. Uh, but we'll do that with uh, take or fake in segments two and three. That's the plan for today's show. Remember to rate, review, subscribe to the podcast. You can find Lockdown Spartans wherever you get your podcast. We do this every single day, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. Go to spartanswill.substack.com. we got a film room up for the Iowa game. Not very fun, but I just I, I did it a little differently. I didn't just like here's what like here's the key plays or here's whatever. Mm-hmm. I just went through chronologically sure. and said this is how a football game between two closely matched teams in terms of talent can go off the rails in a snap and it's just you know mistake here, mistake there, clean play on the other side, bad run fits and then you look up and it's 21 nothing. Yep. So I just kind of go through that and just show you, like, you know what, there's a lot of these plays that are, it's like, a lot of brain farts, just a drop, right, you know, bad bad, bad oh, protection, yeah. oh, whatever yeah. it is, and it's just, before you know it, it's 21 nothing and you're playing a team that shouldn't be up 21 nothing on you, and the game's over. So that's what I did for the film room, go check that out, spartanswill.substack.com. Matt, are you ready well. to talk recruiting?
1: Rayshon Benny, let's just get into yeah. it. Honestly, th- this should be celebrated a lot more than it is. I know well, that it's kind of
0: it, crazy that like Michigan fans have no interest in uh, no, a four-star no. lineman <laughs> who's a top two hundred recruit. Just no, no interest at all. Didn't yeah. want him.
1: As, as much of a guarantee as them blaming the refs after a bad loss. Like, whenever a recruit picks MSU over them, ah, we, we, we couldn't find use for this yeah. top 200 kid anyway on the field, <laughs> especially with how we've been playing recently. Um, no, this, this should be celebrated, I think, a little more than it is on the MSU Twitter streets. Now, that could be for uh, quite the handful of reasons why maybe the, the celebration was a little subdued. Mm-hmm. Um, Football is coming off of uh, quite the game. Uh, this has been kind of known for some time. Like, I think the rumblings were happening after the Michigan game that Rayshawn Benny was going to be committing to the Spartans. Um, but man, this is this is big. Yeah. Mel Tucker was brought here to recruit. He was brought here to recruit massive talent. I would say Rayshawn Benny is quite literally at six foot five, two hundred seventy-five pounds, massive talent. Like, this is this is awesome. This is probably the first. Now, I don't want to say first cuz I don't want to disrespect Gino Vandemark and Audric Estime. Um Estime, or Estime. So, excuse me. I don't want to disrespect them, but like this is definitely probably the biggest splash. Not the first big splash, but the biggest splash ML Tucker yeah. has made so far here. With without a doubt. That's that's not a yeah. flaming hot take or anything, but yeah, this is this is
0: big time. Vandemark and Estime, um Estime, uh, he'll <laughs> his is going to get fixed. He's going to jump way up. The kid has Like, had 300 yards rushing this last weekend in a playoff game. He's averaging, like, 200. He's absolutely insane. Mm -hmm. He's one of the five, seven best running backs in the country, and he needs to be ranked that way instead of 67th or whatever ESPN has him at. He'll move (laughs) up. Gino is, uh, you know, 330 in the country in the the, uh, composites, kind of a fringe four-star. He's in four-star, but he's, like, one of the lower four-stars, right? So those two guys are kind of fringe, high three, low fours when they committed. Rayshon Benny is smack dab comfortably in four-star status. He's someone who is the number 90 prospect in the country on Rivals. He's number eighty eight. Two oh two oh one on 24-7, so he's in the top 24-7. Um, ESPN has him as a three-star for some reason. <laughs> Great, yeah. Th- thank you for your time, ESPN. It's um, <laughs> fantastic. But he's he's a, a legit guy. That when you look at a recruiting class, and you've got a, a bunch of people like that, bunch of kids ranked like that, that's how you start stacking up really good classes. So he's someone who had offers from Ohio State, chose Michigan State over Michigan, had an offer from LSU, offer from USC. Oregon. I don't have the list up in front of me. I'm just, this is off the top of my head.
1: Notre Dame is another Notre one. Notre Dame. They've yeah, been in the like, news lately for a nice win over the Yeah.
0: Yes. Name a school uh, aside from like Alabama and Clemson, and they offered him. So, yeah. legit top prospect. That is a very impressive and important recruiting win for Mel Tucker and his staff. No other way to put it.
1: No, and so 24-7 has him as a defensive tackle. I would imagine he would play a defensive tackle. He's playing, playing defensive he has him as offensive tackle. tackle. He's playing okay. defensive tackle. So make no mistake about it. I mean, obviously things can change. Duh. We've sure. already seen players change sides of the field, of course, this year. But okay, so I, I'm going to go on a limb here. Uh, I think... He could probably fill in on either side of the ball uh, after what we saw on Saturday. <laughs> that, that's, just, that's just me going out on a limb here, though. I, I think yeah. we could find room on the field for one Rayshon Benny coming up next year.
0: Probably.
1: I don't think that's too crazy to say. No. Well, speaking of trenches, too, I don't know if you want to yeah. uh, riff on this for a little bit. How about, yeah, we go real quick. How about spicy Juco uh, commit, commit uh, action for yeah. us? That, that wasn't really a
0: thing in the Marc D'Antonio era. Mark Not D'Antonio ton. era, um, yeah. In the early stages, he would get occasionally some uh, after uh, Fu Finotti was a notable one. Mm-hmm. Uh, after the first, you know, like the first class had, had like seventy three kids. There were some Juco guys in there, but later into the D'Antonio tenure, yeah, Finotti was one. Um, oh God, uh, the Martinez, uh, one of the Martinez brothers. Um, I want to Drake Martinez, Drake but Mart- I know that's not right. I think it is Drake Martinez. Oh, it is right. Okay, yeah, he's a linebacker at uh, community college in, in California and ended up coming to MSU. There was another one too. I, I can't remember it off the top of my head. handful of them. But, yeah, Brandon Baldwin, Independence Community College of Last Chance U fame. No, he was not on the TV show. He got there the year after uh, Netflix had left, and I, I believe I uh, the coach left there, too. I don't remember. I know he's kind of a crazy one. I Do you watch the show? So. I've heard of the show, so... Okay.
1: To me, yeah, I basically. Watch I watched the, show, the first man. season. <laughs> okay, gotcha. Good um, so about it, yeah.
0: So yeah, Independence Community College, a notorious kind of JUCO power that sends kids back to D one or to D one like him. Uh, here's the skinny on him. He's large. He's six foot seven, three hundred plus pounds. He was uh, from, He's from Southfield. Played football, I think, at Southfield A Was okay. primarily focused on basketball in high school until sort of later in his. Uh, high school career. And then just wasn't, you know, at, at a point by the time he did the switch to football, it, it wasn't, you know, he wasn't a D1 prospect. So, but as a six foot seven tackle, right, that's D1 upside potentially. Yes. Goes the Juco route, takes a red shirt year, gets bigger, stronger, learns uh, some more nuances of the position and then, unfortunately, has his season canceled, so there's no game film on him in college, um, but was able to get offers from Michigan State, uh, Louisville, Maryland, and then a bunch of um, a group of six teams, uh, Eastern, Liberty, and then some FCS teams as well. So some interest there, which is notable despite him not really playing. Uh, number four offensive tackle in the Juco, an 84 three-star on 24-7. So, yeah, Matt, continuing with the the theme of getting really large people to play on the line.
1: Yeah, and I, no one said it better than Stephen Brooks, for sure. I'm just going to read his tweet verbatim just because uh, that, that's how lazy I am on this fine Monday sure. night re record. Um, so, Stephen tweeted, MSU fans remember the days of celebrating a lineman reaching 300 pounds a few years into their career. Mel Tucker's crew has a following offensive line arriving next year. Gino Vandenmark, 6'5", 295. Ethan Boyd, six seven, two eighty-five. Kevin Wigginton, six five, two ninety. And of course, Brandon Baldwin, six seven, three fifteen. It's no mystery after watching the last few games, few seasons, that uh, MSU needs some big boy size up in the trenches. Uh, Mm -hmm. Enough of the uh, let's get a guy that's 248 here soaking wet and hopefully, hey, maybe he'll fill out his frame here later and uh, just get mauled by other defensive linemen in the Big Ten. So, yeah, you see the the blueprint kind of guy that Tucker and company wants to get for their offensive line. And yeah, kind of like the direction that they're going, especially after watching what we did on Saturday. So thank you, Stephen, for that, Brooke. Uh, thank you, Stephen, <laughs> for that tweet. He can be reached at uh, Stephen M underscore
0: Brooks twenty four seven. He's the man. So, so um, I just want to follow that up real quick with some supplemental information. Really quick, um, I've mm-hmm. got Matt Allen's uh, recruiting profile up in front of me. Six foot three, two hundred and sixty two pounds.
1: That's a running back in the Big Ten now. Okay.
0: Yeah. yeah. So just that's one there. Um, I just happened to, to pull it up. I was curious. Uh, Luke Campbell, 6'4", 275.
1: Yeah. I, listen, like by no means small dudes, but you, you have to have your, your big boy yeah, pants in the it, trenches it's here, It's a man. little
0: different. Um, I'm just going to go to the next year here real quick. Oh, Kevin Jarvis. He was big. Yeah. <laughs>
1: Yeah, he, he was a highly regarded four-star. I mean, <laughs> he, yeah. he was
0: a... 6'5", 340,
1: yeah, that's yeah. that's going to get you a few yards uh, yeah. carrying the ball behind him. Yeah,
0: yeah. Uh, Matt Carrick, someone who's playing a lot for them on the line, 6'4", 275. Yeah. Right? He had 30, 30 pounds. three
1: bills, we like, we like that. Yeah,
0: 30 pounds to gain uh, there for him. So just, I mean, that's just real quick. I'm scrolling through, um, just finding some guys uh, from recent recruiting classes that are playing. Right now, yeah, the theme is uh, bigger, taller, better kind of athletes. Um, Dimitri Douglas, 6'4", 282 offensive tackle uh, was a- another one. I'm, I'm still scrolling through them. So yeah. Jacob Isaiah, 6'3", 280. You get the point.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: You get the point. So, yeah. yep, it's a, it's a different thing. They're coming in at 300, and now it's turning that 300 into a good 300-plus. Uh, and making the most of it. So, yep, big recruiting win. Getting Benny Baldwin, intriguing prospect, certainly a toolsy guy. And then you know they get Christian Phillips, a six foot five, three hundred forty pound guard <laughs> from Georgia yesterday. That is sure. like it's uh, one of these under the radar guys that uh, looks like he might be uh, a pretty decent prospect as well, but a large person nonetheless. All right, we're gonna come back. Play take or fake here in just a second. First word from Coors Light these days it seems like life forces us to be on all the time but every now and then it's important to stop and hit the reset button and that that moment when you're hitting that reset button that is when you reach for a cold delicious refreshing Coors Light. it's mountain cold refreshment that is literally made to chill and matt we could all really use some chill in our lives everyone everyone everywhere right now could use some chill Everyone get in the car right now, or or not, or stay home and get yourself some Coors Light. Well, I'm sure that's going to come up later in the ad read here. Oh, well, you can, you can, and we we mean like get the Coors Light and then go home and drink it. Don't you know?
1: Yeah, we're not having. Yeah, don't don't have a roadie. My God, no. Celebrate responsibly,
0: people. Come <laughs> yes, on, yes, <laughs> celebrate responsibly. Um, this Saturday, Matt, bounce back yeah. spot, and when Michigan State trying bounce back. Spot. Yeah, money line bounce back spot when Michigan State is trying to bounce back. You want Coors Light by your sides. Cold lagered, cold filtered, cold packaged, literally made to chill, and you will need to be chill this weekend because who the hell knows what's going to happen when your Michigan State Spartans take the field. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies, perfect for a moment to unwind, perfect for a moment to watch a football game. Coors Light's the one we choose when we need to unwind and when we're watching football. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door. There you go, Matt, at get.coorslight.com. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. All right, Matt, it is time for Take or Fake. or
1: Folks, if you're new to this, I'm going to give Will a take I've taken away from last game. He's going to tell me if it's legit, he'll say take, or if it's fake, he'll say fake, and he will school me and make me feel like a dummy. Will, are you ready for the first one? This is a very long-winded first take here that I got for you. I'm ready. Jay Johnson. Yikes.
0: <laughs> take or fake. Um, right now I think it's okay to say take. Ah, see, yeah, hey, coming to my side now. <laughs> it's <laughs> it's it's much much too early to make any sort of sweeping judgment about okay. anything, and I know right. like that's not very comforting after you put up seven points. <laughs> right, no one wants to hear that, and I, no, I get I'm it. Not. I don't want to hear it either. Um,
1: Nick, Samax, when Nick that Samax, one play was a
0: wow. <laughs> I'm just still going through these things.
1: I see. Yeah, no. Seven points were the one play where you did score. The seven points was a jet sweep to your yeah. third string tight end uh, yeah. on third and goal at what the two yard line. Yeah. <laughs> That's, that but is a play that should yeah. not have worked, but it did. So it's, it's
0: also whatever. it's also a week removed from scoring twenty seven against a really good defense. I know we went over this. Sure, Just because sure. the corners are bad doesn't mean the defense isn't good. It's a really good defense by the numbers. They did that, and that's not great, but like that is above what we expected out of them. They have a really good deep passing game. I'd like to see him. I know they want to get their base stuff good. For the long-term health of the program, running these inside zones, running these split zones, running stretch zone, these different plays that aren't working that well, it's important to keep doing it. It's almost like practice like you got to get reps with the stuff that is going to be what drives the the offense down the line. Yeah. You got to. But there's a balance there between all right, when do you throw that out? When do you say we can throw the ball deep? We're just going to freaking throw the ball deep. Against Michigan, that was obviously part of the game plan. It was a smart decision and it worked. Wasn't part of the game plan against Iowa. It still worked. They should have done it more. By the time they started doing it, it was already like twenty-one nothing. I'd like to see him not be so attached to his idea of the run game. Uh, thank you. Yes, <laughs> and that would make me feel a lot better because I think there are good plays in there. I think this. I think he's smart. I can tell. I can, like, going into games and, like, watching it, like, all right, I see what you're trying to do. That makes sense. That wasn't the case with Dave Warner or even, like, Brad Salem a little bit. But, like, Dave Warner, honestly, you'd watch a game, like, what is the plan?
1: Dude, even, even like, a football dummy like me who's not (laughs) watching film could tell that from his seats, 40 rows up in Section 16,
0: right? I, I see the plan with Jay Johnson. I see what he's trying to do, and it makes sense. Just yeah. sometimes you got to throw the plan out. You got to be non attached to or less attached to your base stuff if your base stuff's not working, and and lean on the things that are, are going well. So I think you know sometimes I really like them. The first the first down play action deep shots are great. I wish they would do more. They work really well, and they called a ton against Michigan and just didn't do it against Iowa. There's some good there. There's a lot of bad. I'm still optimistic but uh I'm not going to be like duh she got it. I'm not going to defend him vehemently uh mm-hmm. after 3 games but I'm not out on him either
1: It's just, like, I think it's also the spots, too, that really stick out to me that they're magnified, like, times 100, just because they came in really bad spots. Like, week one against Rutgers, when I think it was, like, fourth and three, and they opted to go for it instead of kick the field goal, which, like, the decision I agreed with, but going out the middle, like, that made no sense. Like, that's a decision that I really question. Or against Iowa, you complete a pass that went north of, like, 40, 50 yards, and then you follow it up with, okay, run up the middle, run up the middle, and then pitch to yeah. the outside with Collins, a guy that can't yeah. really burn the edge. Like, What's what's going on here? And then, of course, during Michigan, the, the game uh, against the Wolverines, like, end of half, like, got a little too conservative. Mm-hmm. But i, I won't harp on that because, well, it worked out. Um, but, yeah, I don't know. It, it's just like – so I don't know if I'm just taking these – little decisions that he's making in big spots, like that's sticking out to me just because they're magnified by that much, or if it's just like that the whole game and I don't, I don't even realize. I don't know. I guess I'm just a long-winded way of saying, like, damn, dude, I'm not entirely uh, necessarily sold on him, and I don't think I've made that uh, a mystery here in no, the last few and weeks. that's
0: and that's fine. I'm not going to tell anyone to not be sold on him. I would just It'd like, be tough to make that argument after seven <laughs> points last yeah, week. Just right? Like, uh, Yeah, with everything, just, I'm my entire framework is like, let's give it time. Sure. So. Okay. All right. What's the next one? Uh, after two
1: solid games, last game was so bad for the front six or the front seven, whatever you want to classify that as. Six. That it is cause for long term concern for the rest of the season. Fake. Is it okay? Even even with how the linebackers played, we're uh, not not too worried about that.
0: Yeah, because okay. for the majority of the most damaging. Parts of that, their best linebacker was standing on the sideline. So you you got to keep that in mind.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: The the drop off from Antoine Simmons to Chase Klein right now is large. One uh, is we saw it, yeah. One's a senior who is a proven playmaker. The other one is getting his first real snaps out of spe- outside of special teams. It, mm-hmm. it, it's very noticeable. And yeah. you know maybe Klein will get there one day. It's just not he's not ready for that. Wasn't ready for that. Didn't perform against that. So I'm not, you know, it'd be nice to have a little bit more linebacker depth, um, but they just don't right now. So I guess that would be a concern. The front four, uh, I mean, they tough, got tough outing for them. I'd say. Yeah, like, and it's crazy because Slade played his best game ever against Michigan, killed right. Michigan, right? And then, I mean, he got a lot of double teams, um, and part of that is coaching because. I, I did this in the film room. I tweeted about it. There were a lot of seven- and eight-man run schemes going into six-man boxes. And when you only have two linebackers playing the run instead of three, that makes it a lot easier. for like Offensive linemen can stick on their double teams longer. They, that's one less guy to worry about getting off a double team. And if you're running stretch zone, at a certain defensive tackle, like, and it starts with a double team, and they can stay on that double team. I don't really care who you are; like, they're gonna move you wherever they want to move you. Um, so, some of the front issues, I think, were just they were outnumbered. Um, you know, yeah. when you've got a tight end an H back and a fullback along with five offensive linemen, your front four aren't gonna feel very great, aren't gonna do well. They adjusted though, and they they played that stuff a lot better. Uh, certainly. In the second portion, Jalen Hunt was actually pretty good. Yeah, He made some big plays. That's not a scheme they're going to see a lot. That's not a style of offense they're going to see anymore. Um, I wrote about this. People were like, oh, the 4-2-5, this is the Big Ten. You can't run the 4-2-5. It's like, well, actually 12 teams in the Big Ten run a spread offense. The two that don't are Iowa and Wisconsin. It would have been nice to adjust against Iowa. They literally aren't going to have to worry about that type of power Not power in terms of like play calling, but like power, whatever you physical stretch zone offense. Again, they're just not going to see it. Everything else is going to be out of the shotgun. It's going to be spread. It's going to be five linemen and a tight end trying to block for one running back. Six man run games against six man boxes. Like, that'll be fine. I'm not overly worried about that. And they're still good enough, athletic enough, strong enough to do what they did against Michigan, do what they did against Rutgers, and kind of hold it down and do a solid job against the run. They're not going to be at all like they were in 2018 or 2013 or 2012 against the run. Expecting that to be that would be misguided. The exchange is they should be better in the back end because there's five guys back there. I'm not overly worried about the front just because it was just like a mismatch nightmare, and I I thought the coaching staff did a bad job putting them into... Like, after the first drive, it should have been like, all right, we're going to run some 4-3. <laughs> That'd
1: be nice, yeah.
0: I have or to imagine. the second drive after that, yeah. Yeah, I have to or imagine. The they've got 4-3. They've got heavy defensive packages. Like, it should have been thrown out there. Um. So, yeah, it wasn't a great performance. I'm not overly worried about it. It stunk. But they've shown twice that they could do a pretty good job against the run. Bye. But- I
1: got one more take, but I think it could really take up the entire next segment. So
0: let's, Okay. Well, we will yeah. pause here, and we'll come back and get that last take after a word from oh, Build What's Go. What's going on over there? Are you okay? Build Go. <laughs> build Go! What does your wife do when you do that? Probably when shake her you head sing? and roll her
1: eyes and think about like, moving out of the house and taking the kid with her. That's probably is, it. Is she yeah. near
0: you in the room somewhere? Uh, negative, no. no. I, I could
1: I could bring her in here, though. If no, I that's, okay. Okay,
0: that's right. okay. Let's talk about Built Go, Matt. Sure. It's from the makers of Built Bar. Ah, funny this people. is their energy protein workout or pre workout gel. Slaps, slaps, slaps. Slaps. It goes hard. Goes hard. It's all three of those things in one. And these workout gels, Matt, a lot mm-hmm. of them don't taste good. That's not the case with Built Go. Not at all, Built Go it is hard baby yeah it is the perfect solution to breaking through your wall whatever it is comes in three delicious flavors peanut butter honey mm. chocolate coconut mm-hmm. and chocolate mint and if you know anything about the people that built it's that they make delicious products that are great supplementally right great Absolutely. protein sure. energy not gonna load up on calories or fat whatever no. the bad stuff it is. Absolutely the top end stuff. The best workout gel on the market. You don't have that crash feeling. You got a ton of protein. It's collagen protein, so it's fast absorbing. Gets into your system fast. Boom. You're ready. You take it. You go do your workout and you're flying instantly, Matt. Absolutely.
1: No, it's it's
0: the best. No crash. And honestly, the, my, my favorite part is it tastes great. And it tastes absolutely fantastic. Visit BuiltGo.com right now. Use promo code LOCKED and you'll get 30% off your next order. That's promo code LOCKED for 30% off at BuiltGo.com. Let's go. All right, Matt, do your one more take, and then if we have more time, I do have one thing I want to ask you.
1: If I was a betting man, and I am to a certain aspect, um, to a certain (laughs) point, I would bet that uh, MSUs, if they finish all nine games this year, uh, their final record will be 3 and. Six. Will, do you want to riff on that, or do you want me to explain a little more why I think it's going to be the case? I mean, is this a take or a fake?
0: Yeah. yeah. Um, go ahead. I, 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 and I'll, I'll listen to your reasoning, and then I'll give my answer.
1: Uh, You're Spartan stand at one and two. They do. Right now, Will, uh, the, the last two games this season are Ohio State and Penn State. Uh, yikes and maybe not yikes, but still, uh, those, those are two powerhouse names there. Uh, your next three games, Indiana, top 10 Indiana, uh, Maryland, who, okay, apparently they win games now. Um, looking, and looking a lot North, better. They are looking pretty damn fine. And Northwestern, who appears to have uh, the world's greatest defense uh, suddenly. Mm. Uh, that is going to be a tough five-game stretch to find two wins, but luckily we are graced with Big Ten Champions Week. Where would that stack up against the Big Ten West team? I, honestly, I don't really think it matters. Uh, either way, you're going to get a team that you probably could beat, probably should beat. But uh, listen, after watching you fall 49-7 last Saturday, I'm not willing to call anything a guaranteed win. So it's not what I hope MSU does this season. Of course, I hope 5-4 you know, and four would be a nice goal. But I think 3-6 and six is the likely outcome. I mean, listen, the Michigan game was great. It was awesome. We will gloat about it for the next however many days until the next Michigan game. The two losses are Rutgers and a really bad one against a not so great Iowa team. Um, three and six might even be ambitious, will to to think, but that's that's where I'm at right now with the season goals here. I
0: think that's fair. I'll call it call it a take. Um, All right. No, this is a good segue into what I wanted to ask you.
1: Mm-hmm. Okay, perfect.
0: Yeah. Um, after three games. Yeah. What is your evaluation of what kind of football team this is?
1: Uh, I still don't know. It was my answer after week two. Like, all right. Hey, pretty bad loss. Pretty great win. Where are we at? I don't know. Um, I'm going to try to keep my answer short and like not super rambly, but yeah, they looked pretty, pretty good in a lot of areas against Michigan, you know, like Rocky looked sensational Did not against Mm -hmm. Iowa. The pass protection looked fantastic against Michigan. Mm -hmm. Not quite against Iowa. Wide receivers were doing some work (laughs) against Michigan. (laughs) Unless dropping every single pass on your way is doing work, not so much against Iowa. And I I don't have to go step-by-step for the defense either. It it was a whole team thing of you looked pretty good against Michigan, not good against Iowa. So right now I guess the short version of that answer is, uh, I'll sum it up as this. They are a bad team in a rebuild, but with spice potential, perhaps, just because it will be very hard to erase what happened in Ann Arbor out of my head. Now, uh, will that come to bite me that I can't erase that vision out of my head? Oh, sure. (laughs) Of course it will. Come on. Absolutely. We just talked about how they're going to go three and six. Uh, But yeah, I don't know. We were reminded that it's still a rebuild, it's going to be a tough one. They're still not even uh, that good in an average Big Ten uh, arena, if you will. Uh, if you want to take last week's sample size, but hey, 2020 uh, is a crazy year. Anything can happen. They already have one win on the road against a pretty well what we thought was a good team. So that's mm-hmm. that's, that's where I sit on that. I guess I don't know. Is it, that, that's probably a fair kind of a boring answer, if you will. Right? Like it's still I, no, I, I don't I don't know
0: it's... of sorts, but like that's kind of where they are. Like I don't know. I, I, I don't, don't know. Think... <laughs> I think a lot of people would be like, "You're insane! They're the worst freaking team ever." Michigan's just somehow a little bit worse. They're the two worst teams ever. I mean, and I get that, here's, but
1: I just, yeah, I don't think so necessarily. No, here's where I
0: think they are. Okay, you ready? Yeah, absolutely. This is the answer. The answer to the test. All right, I'll give my notebook. I'm. Out I'm, I'm just kidding. No, okay, no. I think they are. A relatively young and experienced team learning a new scheme with uh, splatches of really talented football players. Okay. And as a result... it seems measured, yeah. I think sometimes they're going to look pretty damn good. Sometimes they're going to look terrible... And there's just going to be a lot of variance with this team. I think there's like the ceiling's not all that high. I mean, I think you know if they played, if they beat Penn State, would you be stunned? Not anymore. No, After I know Washington Penn State's three. Right. I mean, whatever. You know what? Let's do it. if they beat Indiana. Okay. Top ten Indiana. Three and zero Indiana. Would you be stunned? N- not stunned. No. Surprised. Yes. Not stunned. It's yeah. it's they can definitely do that. They don't have the ceiling to play with Ohio State, right? That's like the ultimate ceiling. No one If does. they're an ultimate variance team, like, whoa, you know, sometimes if it's all clicking, they can really, they could maybe beat Ohio No, that's not what this team is. They have a, a ceiling that is okay because there's talented players. The receiving core is really talented. The quarterback can make very good downfield throws. The defense has some really young but really talented players Mm -hmm. that are still figuring, right? There's some ceiling there. And we saw close to it against Michigan. And I I think Michigan's kind of going to be an average team this year, but they have talent too. We saw, you know, a pretty good team football game. And then we saw the floor against Iowa. And their floor is incredibly low. Yeah. Because they're young. They're inexperienced. They're learning a new scheme. That, that's what they are. They're a high-variance team that is just kind of bleh, That sounds right? like,
1: if not for nothing, they're a very exciting team the, the next six games. That's, that's
0: my next point, yeah. my very next point. So they're not a terrible team. They're just incredibly inconsistent, I think would be the way to sum it up. And at the end of the year, when you have an inconsistent team, they're going to fall below average. Like, that's just—there's not enough talent for them to be inconsistent and still win five games— they're going to be inconsistent and win three games because that's where their talent level is right now. That's where their scheme knowledge is right now. That's just kind of where they're at. But the variance, Matt, yeah. the roller coaster yeah. nature of it, we complained for years. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Every single Michigan State game played out the exact same way. Yes. The defense was suffocating and great. The <laughs> offense shot itself in the foot and was a nightmare. Oh. And they either won by three or lost by three in some horrible fashion. And now I present to you mm. chaos. Yes. We should be thankfully you. lost forty nine to
1: seven last Saturday. We'd be begging only,
0: for this a year ago. <laughs> I'm only partially joking about this because. Being bad sucks. And I I think the good way of saying this is what I said after the weekend because, you know, you're trying to like, what do you say about a loss like that? Being bad, having a bad football team stinks. Uh, Yeah, It doesn't stink as bad as having expectations of being a very good football team. And being a bad football team, right? Totally. No, there's 100% something to that. Yeah, yeah all things considered, stacked up the Big this Ten East, yeah. we're doing fine. <laughs> this is
1: this is what it was supposed to happen this season. Just a more winding roller coaster to where oh, we're at right now. Buddy, Just after three games. The
0: path. Yeah. <laughs> the path was not what we thought. And my mindset is, I think I'm coming around to this, I'm going to try to enjoy the path. Okay. I'm not going to, you know, like, we're going into a game, I have no idea, honestly, going into this weekend... I have no Rocky Lombardi could throw for three hundred yards and three touchdowns. Yeah, or he could throw for one sixty seven and two picks. Yeah, absolutely, I have no idea. No. He could look, he could look like a future pro who can make any throw you could ever want, or he could look like it's his first time playing the position.
1: Uh, from a fan standpoint, like Saturday was a probably. Uh, when the dust settles, probably a healthy game as far as what to expect the next six weeks. Because like, now, like,
0: yeah, every single week
1: I'm not really going to hold out hope for a win against any of these teams and that's like Maryland Northwestern included yeah like, just
0: I, let it surprise you it's exactly yeah. where we were after the Rutgers win and I don't know why we left there because you beat Michigan I, th- and, I and I left there right. too yeah I, I t- yeah, yeah I left too we all did we we're all like hey hey, hey six and three, six and three, three five come. and
1: four at worst <laughs> right
0: here we go. No, no it's still the same team we all succumbed to recency bias and then it oh, smacked right. us in the face and you know what yeah I'm just I'm gonna try really hard to just let it happen. Understand it's a rebuild, it's an inconsistent team with some high variance, and sometimes they'll approach that ceiling and do some exciting stuff. Sometimes Speedy Naylor is gonna look great, sometimes he's gonna make a crucial drop on third down. Sometimes Ricky White's gonna go for a hundred yards, sometimes he's gonna have one catch. Mm-hmm. Sometimes the defense is gonna be suffocating, sometimes Iowa is going to bludgeon them to death with a big dumb sledgehammer. I'm just I'm gonna embrace it. I, we still got. I, we got to do a better job, myself included. Reminding ourselves, we want to see improvement. We want to see effort. We want to see them get better at learning the scheme. We want to see them lay a foundation. Yeah, it's a foundation laying year, and next year you can start to take a look at results with more of a, a focused eye. Yeah, and he I got the don't... win. We got the win against Michigan. Sorry to cut you no, off. Yeah. We got the win against Michigan. That's candy. That that will be ointment to our football souls for a yeah. long time. It really will. Not like, totally. that is hilarious. We talked about it. We'll laugh out loud. If they did it, they did it. Yeah. We got to, all of us collectively as a group, got to do a better job of reminding ourselves, like, hey, we're in rebuild mode. This, you're going to get waxed by Iowa. Dude, this, I'm not, I'm, I'm going to let you talk. I promise. No, you're, you're good. I'm not making a direct comparison to the programs or expectations or anything like that. Nick Saban's Alabama team oh, lost nice. to Louisiana Monroe their first season. I
1: lost to Troy in like Coach Hills' yep. second game or something like that, whatever it was. Yep.
0: Yes. Obviously, their ceilings, what they've accomplished, are higher than we we're expecting. It'd be great if Michigan State got there. Not sure it'll ever happen, really, yeah. unless. There's some, you know, maybe, maybe there's a big investment and there's more money thrown in the program and they can get to that level. We don't know. But those are the highest of the highs, national championship contending teams. And they had embarrassing, thudding, crap performances in early tenures of their coaches. And the guys who were like Sabin, we don't need to talk about Sabin, We'd know it. But Coach O is, is going to be the coach there for a long time as a national champion. It, it lost to Troy. Yeah. It happens. It happens early in ten years. Even to the very, very best. And Michigan State as a program is not the very, very best. They're they're very good. They're a top 25 program. They're not a top four program. <laughs> like if it happens to Alabama, it's gonna happen to Michigan State. Sure. It happened to Michigan. And I know we make fun of Michigan, but like it's still like it's still Michigan. They went three and nine in Rich Rod's first season. They were terrible. One of the worst teams you could see. It happens to really good programs.
1: Yeah. Urban Meyer thinks lost to Virginia Tech, too, which I know that's actually not a bad loss at all. But, like, in... That
0: was his third year, and they won the national championship. That's yeah. different. Like that, oh, that was his... Yeah, right, team. That's right. Yeah that, team, yeah, that Saban team went, like, 5-7 and seven his first year at Alabama.
1: Yeah, like, oh, yeah. No, like, he, man. that was an overhaul that he had to do and People forget how yeah. of the situation was, he inherited. It wasn't was horrible, but, yeah.
0: So... We we gotta team to do that. Embrace they, the chaos. Yeah. embrace the chaos. And I was gonna embrace say like chaos. this isn't
1: to be like a thing like oh weren't we stupid for believing in this team after week two? Like no, they gave us a ton of reason to believe. Yeah. Like Rocky they looked did. incredible. The offensive line protected the pass very well. The defensive was menacing in the front six. Like it's just that's just it's just not sustainable, obviously. And yeah, it's no. a one game sample size, but that's all we need to see to realize like oh yeah, that's right. It's still a rebuild with the young team, and um, yeah. oh great. <laughs>
0: and and i'd be i i i would honestly be really surprised if they came out this weekend and weren't really competitive in a in a dogfight with uh, with indiana i would be surprised like yeah. i think they could they keep it close like i think mean, indiana's not that much better than them they're better than them but they're you know the the spread is 7 for a reason right? that's not a crazy spread I'm. Uh, we'll talk about it later this in the week, but I'm. Sure. I'm hopeful hopef- Hopeful.
1: Hopeful. Am I a clown? Am I, am I? getting the clown horn out right now? Or, or no? No. 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 We can later. Later. We'll talk about get it out later. We'll get it out later in the week.
0: Yeah. We'll get it out later in the week. G-. All right. That's gonna do it for us here on Locked On Spartans. Good episode, I thought.
1: Yeah. Thanks, man. Yeah. No. I, I feel like you carried this one. I, I woke up from a nap right beforehand, and I'm uh, not not much of a nap guy, so I was nice and good old groggy uh, for for this one. So, there you go.
0: Yeah. Um. We will be back tomorrow. In the ne- one of the next two days, we're going to have a very special guest. I'm not sure when, but in one of the next two days, we'll have a very special guest. I'm looking forward to it. It is someone you know, sort of. You've heard them a lot, heard about them a lot, mm-hmm. but you don't really know specifically who they are. So, that's good tease. Yeah. That's the tease. That's a vague tease. Somewhere in the next two days, we'll have that. Um, there's some other things I think we should talk about, too. And as as we start to turn the page, looking at Michigan State versus Indiana uh, on Thursday and Friday, so that's what we're going to be doing for the rest of the week. Bang! We hope you tune in. We'll get through this together. We're we're starting the healing process. Mm -hmm. We're going to get through it, Matt. One Coors Light at a time. One Coors Light at a time. All right. Rate, review, subscribe. Rate, review, subscribe. Tell your friends. Tell your whatever. Tell some. Tell somebody. <laughs> Matt, take us
1: home. Tom, I know you're listening right now. Uh, get well soon, Tom. Coach Izzo, you're the man. All right. See you guys. Go green.